It is time for the WWE Podcast Mailbag. It's time to hear from the listeners. What have you guys been thinking about all week? What's on your mind? What do you love? What do you hate? As we are now about three weeks away from WrestleMania, and there is a lot to discuss, and we're going to hear from you, the listeners, right after this. Do you guys love mobile racing games and NFT collections? Then check out Meta Racer X. It's a mobile racing game, NFT collection, and VR gaming experience all rolled into one. With the earn element utilizing Prodigy tokens, players are not only able to put their tokens online in gameplay, but have the ability to grow their Prodigy token holdings by investing or earning in-game incentives. MetaRacer X offers high-end graphic gaming experiences with creative gameplay and a competitive racing system. So check them out. It's MetaRacerX.com. You can also follow them on Instagram at Meta underscore Racer underscore X or on Twitter at Meta underscore Racer X. Meta Racer X is a collection of 10,000 unique 3D art pieces that are about to drop on the Ethereum blockchain. They also have a Discord server. Just search for Meta Racers X. You can also just directly link to that Discord server and all of the social media that I just told you. If you look at their Twitter, uh, they have a link tree where all of these are available for you. But if you want more information, you can, of course, check them out on social media. But I would recommend you go right to their website at MetaRacerX.com. They're building a community of gamers, NFT collectors, and fans of racing. They're rolling out a motorsport NFT collection created by by a major design studio, and they use NFTs to race the community and earn prizes. And the most exciting element of the project, their introduction of MRX to the VR world. Guys, check out MetaRacerX.com today. This is WWE superstar Drew McIntyre, and you're listening to the WWE Podcast. One that everybody wants me. You're gonna acknowledge me. Alright, everybody, welcome to the WWE Podcast Mailbag. It is Wednesday, March 9th, 2022. Thank you, as always, to uh, all of you listening out there who take the time out of your day or night or morning or evening to listen to us when there are just a million choices out there. I appreciate it. A couple things up front. Make sure you support our, our co-hosts that have their own shows. Michael Ritter has Football Function, and Ashley Mann has uh, her podcast called Kick Ash. I would really appreciate if you guys go and, and check them out. Hit subscribe. Cost you nothing, and you get to listen to them without me. It's, it's actually a voice that's not mine, which is a good thing. And uh, I'd really just I'd appreciate it. it. It really would mean a lot to them and to me and to this show because they have really done so much for this show that I want to help them and help them succeed because podcasting is not easy. It may, it may seem easy, but boy, it's a lot of consistency and labor of love for a long time. So anyway, uh, before we get going, I want to also invite you to go VIP and check out some video uploads that I put up on my website at WWEpodcast.com. You can get 50% off right now through WrestleMania with using code WrestleMania at checkout. That means only $1.50 for the first month. You get exclusive video um, video messages from me, and it's a lot of fun. And those of you that are in the video, or rather VIP lounge, and you have signed up already, so the videos and everything are all lumped into the latest podcast VIP tab. 
That's where they will live. It's the latest podcast, and in parentheses, it says VIP. So those is the, that is where all of our content that's ad-free and those video updates that will be there exclusively for you. Um, so I'd encourage you to go check that out. All right. Well, let's dive into the mailbag. It seems like a much lighter mailbag this week, so I appreciate you guys who have uh, really toned down the amount of content you've sent me. And it seems like I'm being a jerk about it. I'm, I'm really not. I want to be able to do this show in, in a reasonable amount of time and not split it into two shows and all that. And I, I appreciate you guys being very concise this week. It's not that I don't love your passion or content, but being a one-man show, at least for this particular show and the, all the editing that goes with clipping in all of those voice messages and everything, it's, it's a lot of work. The mailbag is the biggest workload of the entire week, no doubt. And I appreciate you guys reducing that workload for me. All right. So let's jump in to our mailbag. We're going to pull out the first letter here as if I'm holding a physical mailbag, which I'm not, but let's jump in and uh, let's see who this is. I think this, this individual has some music. Let's see what that music is. Well, that is from none other than Mr. Dennis McGinley. Everyone shut their mouths while he speaks. So if Roman is so good at in God mode, why doesn't he fire the Usos? And Paul and Roman can just go single like Brock. You don't see Brock having or needing any help. If Roman went on a singles run, I think Brock or someone else could take the title away from him. I hope there's no interference in the match with Roman and Brock for the title versus title match at WrestleMania. Because it's not fair to Brock to lose the WWE title with the Usos and or Paul getting involved and making sure that Roman gets to be our heavyweight champion. Or again, Dennis or whatever the hell they call it. There's like 18 variations of what they could call it. I personally would like to see anybody slap the holy heck out of Roman Reigns. Hey, hey, hey. The language, buddy. The language. We don't say heck on this show. Jeez. Um, Okay. So before I get to your next paragraph, which I'll actually address on air about my website and issues with it. The the problem with or not not the problem with the 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 potential problem with the outcome of Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar that you're pointing out is valid. Not that it's not only not fair to Brock. I mean, you, you take that away from it. You you look at it from a little bit more of a, a reality perspective and not necessarily storyline and, and characters feelings, but rather do we need to see another match in which the Usos or Paul Heyman are the deciding factors of Roman's victory? I hope not. I hope that in some way, somehow, Brock is able to to uh, maneuver a contract stipulation or add an amendment to the contract that says Paul Heyman and or the Usos, or both, are barred from ringside. Or if they interfere in any way, that Roman Reigns loses the Universal Championship. If he can do that... That would ensure that we don't get that outcome that seems all too predictable. And I hope I hope we don't. You know, that would also leave it open to, well, if they're not going to interfere, is there someone we're not thinking of that could that, that could help Roman on his behalf? Or does Roman actually just outright beat Brock Lesnar? We're, we're also not thinking about that. We're all assuming that Brock, if it's you know, one on one, could beat Roman Reigns or should and would always beat Roman Reigns if there's no interference or uh, heel tactics. So you're right, Dennis. Not only is it not fair, but um, yeah, I, I also want to see somebody slap the holy heck out of Roman Reigns. Excuse my language. So uh, my new website, um, 
it sometimes it takes a long time for my page to load. There's lots of those goofy lines and it takes five or more minutes. I think I was able to find what I wanted to post. Uh, so to click on in that video VIP, just letting you know from Mr. Dennis McGinley, Hey, unofficial official WWE podcast and Roman Reigns acknowledge me or face Mike check Mouston plunge out of nowhere. Talk with you next week. So you're threatening to hit your finisher on the entire podcast and Roman Reigns. That's a that's a hefty threat, my friend. Um, okay, but beyond that that threat, I would say that I have resolved that issue. If anybody has gone to my website and there's a preloading animation that's like squiggly lines, uh, they're they're really there to they're supposed to mimic like audio. I think that's the idea for the, for the theme that I chose. I took the preloading animation completely away. So if anybody had that issue, and I actually had it a few times too, where that preloading animation just sits and, and doesn't go away, make sure that you uh, reload the page because I took it completely out. Those squiggly lines shouldn't be there at all anymore. So just something to uh, to, to think about there. It, it, and it's your, your issue should be resolved, Dennis. All right. Well, uh, let's go on to our next patron. And... It is Jim. Jim in New York. Did you write in last week? I don't know. I don't think so. No, because you, you you have. Okay, okay. No, you didn't. It was November 21st the last time that you did. My goodness, Jim. Hopefully all is well. So let's jump into your email. And you say, hey, Matt, long time no speak. I was listening to your raw review. Nice job as always. And wanted to touch on a couple of things. First, after RK Bro won and they were being interviewed, Orton was using the F word. And it seemed to me that Riddle had a tear in his eye. Did you notice that too, or am I mistaken? I know you took it as a means to future, as a future angle where Orton turns on Riddle, but my impression was that Orton was 100% honest when he said this. Uh, was the quote most fun he's had in 20 years, and that Riddle was his friend, and he didn't, he didn't, or he doesn't have friends. To me, this is partially why this tag team is continuing. Interesting either way. Yeah, look, they're playing the long game on this, and I still believe that I'm 100% right that. Uh, that maybe he doesn't in real life consider Riddle a friend. Maybe it was a convincing promo by Orton, a very impassioned one, but they'll still use this whenever Orton, presumably Orton is the one to turn on Riddle. And they'll say, my God, this was once a man that they, that Riddle or Randy called his friend. Why is he doing this? Why Randy? Why? Yeah, they will use that. However, to your point about the tear in his eye, I didn't see that. I'll have to go back and look. And your 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 impression, though, about Orton being 100% honest when he said it was the most funny he's had in 20 years, I felt that same way. I'm glad you brought that up. It That felt 100% genuine. And it's amazing when something feels genuine and feels rehearsed. It's amazing. It is, as human beings, we just know. when We have, this, we have a built-in BS radar, and Orton right there passed the test, and that felt like a le- legitimate statement legitimate feeling that he had about this is the most fun he's had in 20 years i actually tend to believe him this is the you know this is a very unique storyline one that randy orton has never been involved in at least especially not to the the length that this has gone that we all thought was just going to break up in like a month and he was going to turn on riddle and they were going to fight at SummerSlam, and then here they are and they're, they're incredibly successful as a tag team and I believe him because this is a this is a tag team in which he can just he can essentially give 80% of the workload to Riddle. Orton gets the hot tag, does his power slam, his couple of DDTs, hits a crazy RKO and he gets back on his bus and goes to the next town. You talk about a a career preserving storyline. 
this, this is the one because Riddle's doing most of the work and taking most of the bumps and putting most of the mileage on his body. Orton's got this made right now under the sun. So I believe he's having the most fun he's had because Riddle and him have great chemistry. It's something we've never seen Orton in for this length of time in his entire career. I believe it, too. I really do. Uh, okay, number two. During the Raw review, you asked, where's Asuka? Where's Bailey? To me, the more important question is, where's Alexa Bliss? Ah, yes, yes, yes. If I'm not mistaken, I believe Cleveland is her hometown and she's not on the show at all. Even if it's not her hometown, she comes back at Elimination Chamber, lasts till the end, and then nothing? Did she get injured or something? I'm glad you brought this up too, Jim. I I, I just I haven't brought up Alexa Bliss because I had forgotten that she's a part of the roster. And that's a sad thing. She is on a she's on a very bizarre kind of almost Sasha Banks type of uh, story progression. I mean, Sasha Banks, as you know, comes, goes injured, not injured, is there, is featured in the main event, wins, maybe wins the title, but then loses it in a month or, or more than likely usually challenges, loses, goes back to obscurity, gets injured again. I think she actually like Sasha Banks maybe builds injuries into her own schedule. I mean, maybe it's like, okay, guys, look, in June this year, June 5th, I'm going to end up blowing my knee out and I'll be out for six months. I'll be back in time for mania. And then we'll, you know, we'll talk then. It's almost like she just does this on purpose or maybe it's COVID. Who knows with Sasha Banks? My point is that Alexa bliss is kind of on the same schedule where she comes, goes, you think she's there. She's finally out of the silly backstage things that she's been doing for a year and a half. You want to see her in the ring. She lasts till the end of the chamber and then she's gone again. Like what the hell is going on? I mean, the answer is Jim that they simply don't have anything creative for her. She's not injured, but they do all of these. They do all of these things for Alexa. They have those weeks and weeks of those therapy sessions. You think it's going somewhere it ultimately ends up, okay, it's, she's essentially the same character with a reincarnated Lily, so nothing changed, which is really disappointing. But at least the therapy sessions were somewhat entertaining, held your interest, and wondered you were wondering where they were going. Okay, cool. But then there's no payoff. That tells you that they had nothing beyond those, uh, beyond those therapy session backstage segments that they love to do so much, and they had nothing planned for her after. How many times? I mean, you, we could go chapter and verse on this show about things that they've started and you know at some point it's just going to stop because they have no end game. That's like the, the first the first rule of any, any story, writing any book. You have to know the ending before you can go anywhere. Because you can't start if you don't know where you're going to go. It's absolutely, it's, it's like the most fundamental kindergarten level storyline creation methodology. I mean, like, how do you not know this? Uh, it's, it's infuriating. I'm with you. I don't know. So, but yeah, no, Alexa Bliss is not injured. They just have nothing for her. Okay, moving on before I blow a gasket. Bianca Belair, it couldn't have been your raw review, but maybe your weekend review or almost the state of WWE show you did, but something has been bothering me about her and you almost touched on it. Ooh, okay, okay, let's let's continue. She is supposed to be a face, yet she's booked to come in last during the gauntlet match to see who comes in last at the chamber. Rhea wrestles her ass off only for a fresh Bianca to come in and beat her. And then she goes into the chamber last after two women have already been beaten and wins it as a face. Is that not heel booking? I agree with you that they cannot lose to another face. So she is most likely not turning heel, but then what is with the booking? 
They could have billed her upon losing to Bex in 26 seconds at SummerSlam. Then she goes on to be the last at Survivor Series, and then she tries to get back to Becky by winning the Rumble, comes up short, and finally has one last shot at the, in the chamber. Have her go in first and win the whole thing. Seems strange to me the way they did it. Yeah, I don't think I came almost... I don't think I almost touched it. I think I did touch on this. I mean, directly, I talked about this. And I, I really just... This is this is how heels win, Right. They're the ones who have the most advantageous situations, you know, many times in a row to get to that uh, that championship opportunity. How many times has a face done that? And then they try to try to like sell you on the fact that she's still a baby face. Now, Bianca didn't brag or she she hasn't really had any character change to her where you'd go. Hmm. Yeah, this is this is something they just maybe didn't think it through. (sighs) And, you know, I don't know. I don't know, Jim, if you and I are the only ones or maybe there's a few other people, probably only those that listen to wrestling podcasts that deep dive into things and think about uh, those that like a more granular level is, hey, yeah, like she she got the easiest easiest path possible to face Becky Lynch at WrestleMania and get that main event spot. There is no easier path. You come in last to earn to come in last and then you have a couple of people that need to uh, that need to be beat and you win. And you're the freshest. I mean, granted, the announcers didn't harp on this because they can't because she's a baby face. But it's just it's a very odd circumstance. But no one's talking about it. So I don't think they're going to do anything with it. Um, I don't think that they're turning her heel. But I think Bianca Belair, when they are, the time is right, is going to be a great heel. I, I do believe that Bianca Belair. I mean, you, you, she's already there with the gimmick. She's got the gimmick. She just plays it in an endearing way. I mean, imagine if someone you went to work, you know, tomorrow, and someone said they're the EST, and you're like, "What's that?" And you're like, "You know, I'm 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 the greatest. I'm the best. I'm the fastest. I work the hardest. You know, I put the est in WrestleMania. Like, you know, imagine that. Imagine going to work and someone saying that. You'd want to you know, drop them with an RKO right in your cubicle. Yeah, it's. It, it, but yet she does it in a way that's not. Doesn't make you want to, you know gouge your eyes out and it makes you go yeah i know that's cocky but it's it's catchy and she really does prove it you know so you justify it in your mind why it's okay but boy it's it's teetering right on heel i mean all she has to do is just go somebody has to just go blow her into the heel lane and she's there that's how close it is it's not going to be a big change for her character she is a heel character yet somehow is making it a baby face endearing uh likable character it's actually pretty impressive but um, yeah, all right. So let's let's move on. Finally, I know you gave away your WrestleMania prediction for Roman and Brock. I like mo- and I like most fans would agree- think I would think I agree with you. However, it might be interesting for you and Anthony to do a what if episode on if Brock Lesnar actually wins at WrestleMania. I'm pretty sure we all thought Orton would beat Triple H at WrestleMania 25. I'm almost positive we all thought Roman would beat Brock at WrestleMania 34 with Brock's contract ending and only being renewed hours prior to the WrestleMania match. And yet both of these expect expected outcomes didn't happen. I know we all think this is some slam dunk of for Roman, but then what happens? WWE loves to swerve. And I personally cannot imagine a WWE without Brock as the unified champ. Well, Jim, I mean, but is it the right decision? You know, uh, keep up the great work. Well, thank you. Uh, I know you also have one more quick thing and I'll get to that in a second, Jim. So, okay. That's a great. What if, because it is, seemingly a, a foregone conclusion that Brock Lesnar doesn't win this match. I actually don't think he should. Why would you, after all this time, drop the belt to somebody that's a part-timing 
walking legend that doesn't need any more propping up and won't gain anything from this victory. See, that's the biggest thing. Whoever beats Roman finally for the belt needs to gain something from it. Brock Lesnar doesn't gain anything else. It's not going to push him over the edge to a Hall of Famer. It's not going to push him into that next level. Brock Lesnar's in his own level. He's in his own universe. Brock Lesnar is a once-in-a-lifetime athlete, once-in-a-generation star that does this will do nothing for his career. That's how big of a star Brock Lesnar is. So I do not want and do not think that this would this wouldn't help anybody. And to me, it would fall flat. And, and you'd have a lot of fans pissed, frankly, and a lot of, I think, stars in the back that maybe wouldn't say it out loud, but are just pissed off that Brock Lesnar would be the one to take it from him. So I just again, I look at who what's to gain who is going to gain and how much would they gain from that victory? And Brock Lesnar's net gain is exactly zero. That's how big of a star he already is. Uh, but yeah, WrestleMania 25, Triple H and Orton. Was that the one um, where you know Orton uh, or Triple H broke into Orton's house and threw him through his living room window? And Orton claimed some medical condition he had, which was actually a lie. And then at WrestleMania, they had a match that actually was a terrible stipulation where it was a no disqualification or it was a normal regular wrestling match. And if Triple H was disqualified, he would lose the championship or he would lose the match. Was that the the same one? That was a terrible decision, by the way. You talk about handcuffing your matchup for WrestleMania. Oof. I mean, why would you do that? They had such good heat and then they're going to still handcuff you at WrestleMania. How does that work? Why is that a good decision? Yeah. All right. Moving on, uh, Jim, you have one more thing here. I completely forgot. Stone Cold on the KO show. Imagine you bought tickets to Sunday thinking it would be the better night, and you're a huge Austin fan. Now you don't get to see him? Do you think since they already said it will be on WrestleMania Saturday that maybe it's a legit KO show? They start to brawl. KO loses it and challenges Austin to a match tomorrow on WrestleMania Sunday. Sorry for the extra email. Something to think about. No, it's that's a credible and smart thinking choice. However, 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 I think you would piss off those on Saturday because those on Saturday are expecting to see the payoff. They're expecting to see the stunner, the beer. Uh, they're expecting to see all of that. And they're not going to get it with the payoff on Saturday. It'll just be a tease and the crowd would be pissed and rightfully so. So while I like that, the problem becomes, I think, really angering night one of WrestleMania, the, that audience. And I would be pissed, too. So they, they have to just pay it off on Saturday. I also like how they're telling you which night it's going to be on. So those everyone can make a decision on what night maybe they want to go to or both. But, uh, yeah, I love that idea where they, they brawl, Kevin Owens retreats, and somebody sets up an actual match. That'd be cool. And they still could do it. I just feel like the the crowd would boo the imagine the crowd's reaction to that, right? Like they brawl, you get some, you know, fist and fire, you get the, the, the stomp in the corner, the middle fingers, Austin's just about to go for a stunner and he, he goes for it and uh, he comes this close to it and Kevin Owens pushes him away and he rolls out of the ring and walks up the ramp saying, no, 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 no. And, you know, imagine the crowd would lose their minds. WrestleMania is not a time to tease. It's a time to pay off. I see what you're saying. I like it. But that 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 crowd, I'd love to, it would be a nuclear heat reaction. I mean, it, the, the crowd may not recover the rest of the night. The crowd would chant bullsh. You know what? Right. Bullsh. You can hear it. You know, I mean, then rightfully so. I would, too. 
I really would. Okay, let's see who else called or uh, wrote in today. And we don't have anybody else. I don't think. I don't think we have anyone else who is on the uh, the, the Patreon side. So consider, by the way, anybody who's joining Patreon, you get priority support. You get your mail read right up front here. There's no waiting. So let's see here. Wes. Wes writes in and says, hey, Matt and listeners, I hope all hope you're all good. Am I the only one who is completely underwhelmed with Charlotte Flair? Or I'm sorry, underwhelmed by the WrestleMania card thus far? Charlotte Flair versus Ronda Rousey, not interested. The Miz and Logan Paul versus the Mysterios, WTF. Queens Lena and Carmella versus Naomi and Sasha. Oh, don't forget also versus uh, versus Liv and Rhea Ripley. Don't forget that. It's triple threat. Maybe that'll turn your entire perspective around for WrestleMania, West. There's a third team in the uh, in the, the women's tag title match. So I think I just changed your mind. Uh, Sami Zayn versus Johnny Knoxville. Nope. Becky Lynch versus Bianca Belair. At this point, I'm not uh, I'm not fussed about this match. That being said, I'm in the USA for work the weekend of WrestleMania and may try to get a ticket and fly down to Texas for night two. Failing that, I'll subscribe to Peacock for the weekend. Take care, Wes. Well, Wes, first of all, I hope you go because I'd love to hear your in-person perspective. So I'm not trying to get you to spend your money, but hey, selfishly for the show, I'd love to hear what your thoughts are in, in person. It's always a fun Always a fun and different way to look at a show that you don't get. The perspective and things that happen you don't see on TV are always fun to hear. So I hear what you're saying. Like Right now it is underwhelming. Right now it is. you know. But you, you also didn't put in... You mentioned a lot of these that have celebrities or kind of one-off stars. And I think maybe that's your problem. Because there is a theme of the celebrities and the, the kind of the, uh, the, 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 the big name stars for men and women that come in i.e. Rhonda and Brock that you know they're not here for a long time they're here for a good time and so it's not really building on the future so to speak but I hear what you're saying right I mean but Charlotte Fuller Rousey should be fun the Miz and Logan Paul versus the Mysterios it's not a deep story but you know it's interesting to see what Logan Paul does if you care about such things uh, Queen Zelina, yeah, I mean, I don't really care about the, the women's tag team title match, sadly. Sami Zayn and Johnny Knoxville is going to be a, a complete and total disaster. I really don't think he's going to pull a bad bunny on us and sh- you know, shock the world. And, you know, Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair. Yeah, I mean, that that's you can't go wrong with that that matchup. That's, to me, a, a very WrestleMania-worthy and matchup that I'm really looking forward to. Now... You also forgot about Stone Cold and versus uh, Kevin Owens. Whether that turns out to be an actual match or just kind of like a hybrid match, we'll see. But you can't go wrong there. The possibility of The Rock returning at the end of Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns, which that's been my prediction for several months now. There could be an Undertaker appearance. You know, maybe we'll come out to choke slam somebody or something. You know, there is that, you know, and, and I know I'm not trying to lean on the stars of yesteryear, but those are that, that, that makes it feel like WrestleMania, doesn't it? Just those kinds of things. Um, You know, outside of that, you could have maybe NXT stars come up and make their debut the next night, too. Don't forget about that. You know, traditionally, it's the reset button. So, all right. Thank you, Wes. And uh, let's get to Grace. And uh, Grace writes in and says, I hope you and everyone listening are doing well. As for this Monday Night Raw, it was a bummer for me that Becky was not on. But she cut a nice little promo on Instagram afterwards that was good to see. The tag team match in the beginning was amazing, but I'm confused as to why they didn't make that the main event. 
I really liked how they finished out the match with RK-Bro winning the titles back and with Seth distraught walking to the back. It seems like they keep hinting at RK-Bro breaking up, but the next week they're happily in the ring together. So with them having the titles again, where does this lead the Riddle and Orton's possible feud? Okay, lots of things before I continue. First of all, the reason they didn't make that the main event is they put the name of Stone Cold Steve Austin over all else, and I understand why. I, mean, I get it. I, from a wrestling perspective, absolutely, that should have been the main event. It would have been the main event of, I mean, you could have main evented that on a pay-per-view. It was, it was good. I loved the length of it. Everybody involved did a great job, but that's the reason. The, the name value of Stone Cold Steve Austin beat out anything they were going to ever do on the show. So that's the reason. Um, and so the Orton and Riddle possible feud. I mean, I've mentioned this before, but I'll, I guess I'll uh, paraphrase my previous answers to this. With Orton labeling Riddle as a friend, you are now at the crux. You are at the peak of their friendship or at, at the, um, the high point of their, their team. They're the tag team champions. Orton said he's having the most fun he's had in 20 years, which I actually believe he called Riddle his friend. And when's the last time Orton said that about anybody on camera, even in character? I don't think it's ever happened. Maybe an evolution. But to me, there's only one way to go, and that's down. So perhaps they string this out another few months and it goes, hey, it could it could go all the way to SummerSlam. I have my doubts. It goes all the way to SummerSlam, but I think it at least survives another few months and maybe at um I don't know what I have to look at the pay-per-view schedule, but maybe the pay-per-view in like May or, or not rather um, June or July is where things completely unravel. You know, that that's my thinking. I think, again, their reasoning is that they probably looked at some kind of sales metric or minute by minute ratings and said, wow, these, these two still have chemistry. We still have juice to squeeze out of this orange. And that's the reason why they're, they're still together. Okay. Uh, what in the hell are they doing with Seth now? I don't know. But Seth, if you've noticed or haven't noticed, he has blacked out all of his social media. And when I say blacked out, I don't mean that he has he's deleted his account. I mean, all of his profile pictures are just black. So what does that mean? It means he's doing something at WrestleMania. He will make his own path. He will carve his own destiny at WrestleMania. That's, that's something he's doing. He will do something big at WrestleMania. Interfere, turn babyface maybe. If that's possible, although I hate Seth as a baby face, I've, it's always felt awkward and just forced. So that's what I think. It's, it's a clear sign of a character change. And I'm excited to see what they do with Seth, even though he doesn't have a match. Now, we still have three weeks of TV. So they, he still could find an opponent in three weeks. There is that. Okay. Uh, I know Cody Rhodes talks have calmed down, but maybe that's what they wanted. And they will have him return in a match with Seth at WrestleMania. Absolutely. I mean, I didn't read your next line. I didn't set myself up on purpose. That, that You're exactly right, Grace. They could. P.S. Can I get a hell yeah? I can't wait to hear that glass break and see Stone Cold step back into the ring. Let me know what you think. Well, yeah, I've already covered this many times. I, I'm i excited. Match, no match, whatever it may be, I'm excited. I do have a problem with the way Austin, and I, I went over this in detail and in a rant, actually, on my, my Monday Night Raw review last night is that you know stone cold shouldn't be throwing around the word match because he said call it a ko show a, a brawl a match whatever it's no 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 steve and i said this i said steve y- you don't just get to toss that in with all the other words match is way different y- you can't just throw that little number in there as like a lump with everything else no 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 
because that is a class of its own. Because we can't look at this and say, well, did Stone Cold have another match? Is this his other match? You know, is a referee going to be there to count somebody's shoulders to the mat? That matters to me. It matters to fans, too. So I ultimately think it will be considered a match. And maybe Austin's using this as a litmus test to say, hmm, maybe I'll have another opponent in six months. Maybe it'll be myself versus Brock. He's expressed so much interest in facing Brock Lesnar all the time. He says that's the one guy he wished he faced. And Brock is more than physically capable of doing it. It comes down to Austin. And perhaps he's starting off a little bit easier with KO to see if how his body reacts to it. And maybe he'll take the next step. That's my assumption. That's my assumption. It's not what I've heard. But um, yeah, anyway, Grace, thank you for your email. And uh, we'll have to get you back on the show. I know that people loved you on the show last time. And we'll uh, definitely have to do that. All right. uh, So I'm going to take a quick break for the sponsor of the show. And we've only got two more emails, guys. Two more. And then we're going to get right into voicemails. So yeah, a a, a somewhat abbreviated show from the typical two and a half to three hour shows we do here. So uh, stay right here. We'll be right back. Do you guys love mobile racing games and NFT collections? Then check out Meta Racer X. It's a mobile racing game, NFT collection, and VR gaming experience all rolled into one. With the earn element utilizing Prodigy tokens, players are not only able to put their tokens online in gameplay, but have the ability to grow their Prodigy token holdings by investing or earning in-game incentives. MetaRacer X offers high-end graphic gaming experiences with creative gameplay and a competitive racing system. So check them out. It's MetaRacerX.com. You can also follow them on Instagram at Meta underscore Racer underscore X or on Twitter at Meta underscore Racer X. MetaRacer X is a collection of 10,000 unique 3D art pieces that are about to drop on the Ethereum blockchain. They also have a Discord server. Just search for Meta Racers X. You can also just directly link to that Discord server and all of the social media that I just told you. If you look at their Twitter, uh, they have a link tree where all of these are available for you. But if you want more information, you can, of course, check them out on social media. But I would recommend you go right to their website at MetaRacerX.com. They're building a community of gamers, NFT collectors, and fans of racing. They're rolling out a motorsport NFT collection created by, by a major design studio, and they use NFTs to race the community and earn prizes. And the most exciting element of the project, their introduction of MRX to the VR world. Guys, check out MetaRacerX.com today. Welcome back to the WWE Podcast. Let's get back to more great wrestling audio. All right, everybody, thank you for staying here. And again, if you are on Patreon or Apple Podcasts, hitting that ad-free button on Apple Podcasts, or you're a VIP, you just heard no ad in front of that. You just heard the welcome back, right? So there's the magic of going ad-free. You wouldn't have had to suffer through it or hit that skip button. Oh, my God, another ad. Skip, 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 skip. So see, that's a, that's the streamlined advantage of a dollar a month for hundreds of episodes ad-free. All right. Boy, I'm just a shameless car salesman tonight, aren't I? No shame for me tonight. None. Alrighty. So with that embarrassing segment out of the way, let's continue. And we're going to talk to who's the second to last email here. It is going to be Charlie. So Charlie F from Wisconsin. He says, I've been a fan of WWF WWE since I was three years old. My stepdad would tell me bedtime stories about Hulk Hogan, 
WrestleMania matches against Macho Man Randy Savage from WrestleMania 5, Roddy Piper and Paul Orndorff from WrestleMania 1, Andre the Giant at WrestleMania 3, and Ultimate Warrior from WrestleMania 6. My stepdad took me to the Austin 316 promo in Milwaukee and so many other Raw and SmackDowns. Plus, he took me to seven WrestleManias. Wow. Okay. You you have a hell of a, a dad. Okay. It, kudos to him. He took you to 18 to 20. I was at 20, brother. I was in New York City. Uh, 22, 25, 27, 20, or 26, 27, 28, and 29. Unlike some fans, I've never stopped watching WWE. I have autism, and WWE has helped me in so many ways to get out of my shell that I can never thank the company for. Anyway, I have this crazy idea for WrestleMania, uh, WrestleMania match for the Intercontinental Championship. Ricochet versus John Cena. You could have Cena win the title and have the IC Open Challenge. Walter would come out and accept the challenge, and Cena would take the microphone and tell him, Nice job, kid. I'm curious to hear your thoughts on that. Hope everyone has a good week. Well, first of all, uh, the fact that you have autism and this has helped you is awesome. Uh, I think WWE has helped so many people. You know, Autism or not, regardless of what walk of life you are, we all watch it for some kind of benefit for ourselves, right? Some outlet, something that helps you get through a situation. And I don't, you know, luckily, I really, I don't, you know, God willing, I don't have a disability or at least one that I, I'm aware of, right? I'm sure a, a psychologist could easily diagnose me with something. I don't know what it may be. Narcissism, uh, ADD, I don't know. I'm sure my wife could come up with a list for you. There's something, right? I'm sure I'm diagnosed with something. But for real, though, I, I totally understand what you mean. And, and uh, I'm sure everyone can attest to wrestling getting you through some kind of moment in your life or moments or just on a daily basis. And that's why we watch it is not only is it fun, and it gets you out of the real world and allows you to escape for a little while. Excuse me, but it also um, allows you to to maybe find that courage to to do something in your life. And I know for me, it it it, it did in some ways too. You know, it, while people pick on you for liking wrestling, it's just kind of the it's the old stereotype. It's it's kind of boring to me, and it's very. Uh, it's very kind of elementary when people say, oh, wrestling's fake and they make fun of you for it. I'm so tired of hearing that. Again, anybody that hasn't heard me respond to that and anybody, first of all, let me give you something for you to say when someone says that to you. All you got to say is, uh, so wait a minute, have you seen any movies or TV shows that are real? All the TV shows and movies you like are real? That's all. And then the conversation usually ends and they go, well, well, blah, 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 blah. They don't know what the hell to say. So anyway, very easily kind of come back to that. It's it's such an anyway, moving on. So uh, your scenario back to your scenario there, Charlie, uh, as far as the Intercontinental Championship here, where it would be an open challenge, um, Cena would well winning the title and be an open challenge. We'd have Walter accept the challenge. And then um, let's see, do you have do you have him winning, though? He accepts the challenge. But okay, well, Walter. Actually, it's not Walter anymore, isn't it? It's something else now. He he renamed. He got renamed to something ridiculous. I can't think of it off the top of my head, but I know who you're talking about. So let's just call him Walter, formerly known as Walter. Comes out. I hope he ends up showing up on in WrestleMania. And you know what? That's also things we should be excited about. Are people like Walter coming to WrestleMania and potentially making a huge impact? You know, so the unknowns. But I like it, and I, you know, it's not it's not impossible for Ricochet and John Cena. I, I don't think it's likely, 
don't think it's likely because John Cena, I don't think is, 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 um, is even available for this year's WrestleMania. From what I understand, it's possible, but here's the thing. If, if John Cena shows up for WrestleMania, it's not going to be for the intercontinental championship. Sorry to say it's going to be to get revenge on Brock Lesnar or uh, Roman Reigns rather. Uh, and Brock Lesnar, because Brock Lesnar actually F5 him before he left. Although many people don't know that it, it was off air. So, John Cena would come back. You know, it, it should be in a high-profile situation. John Cena could, could have another match if he wanted, but I don't think it'd be against Ricochet. I think it'd be against somebody at a little bit of a higher standard. Uh, and, you know, nothing against Ricochet, but look, the, the guy, he's a high-flying athletic machine, but from a, you know, per- personality perspective, from a character depth and emotional connection, there's very much, there's not a whole lot for me there anyway. He hasn't shown me a whole lot. So, all right. Well, Charlie... Thank you, brother. I hope to hear from you next week. And uh, let's continue with our final email. This is our final email for the evening, and then we're going to get right to voicemails. And this is from Big T in England. And I I, I don't know if you're he or she, so I'll just say Big T says, uh, thanks for reading out my email last week to you. Um, I was surprised to see RK bro win back the tag team titles. I was expecting WWE to push alpha Academy for WrestleMania as champions. You and me too. Um, I hope to see Ricochet face a good opponent at WrestleMania and on SmackDown. I'm glad for the new intercontinental champion, but I do enjoy Sammy as IC title as the IC champion. At least the match between Zane and Johnny Knoxville will not be for the title. I look forward to speaking to you next time from Big T. Well, Big T, thank you for writing in again from England, all the way from England, across the pond, as they say. And Sami Zayn, I am sad that he's not Intercontinental Champion, but if the sacrifice of him not being champion, at least for the time being, is to not have him put the IC title on the line against Johnny Knoxville or or hold the Intercontinental Championship but not defend it in a non-title match, therefore the IC title belt is again forgotten at WrestleMania then I would still choose Sami Zayn dropping the belt any day of the week. As, as much as that is painful to for me to say, that's the best option that I would choose. That's the that's a pick-your-poison option, and that's the poison I would choose. In an ideal scenario, Johnny Knoxville wouldn't be on my TV at all. I mean, at all. And uh, I, I don't want him in my ring at all. Um, I think it's a, it's a disgrace. Anytime they bring in celebrities to have matches outside of last year's once-in-a-generation performance from a celebrity that had n- seemingly no experience inside the ring, it, it is a usually a disaster, and it's nothing more than a PR stunt. It's not a match. It's a PR stunt. That's all. So thank you, Big T. And now it is time. It is time to get to those all-important voicemails. And the first one, the first one is from a familiar voice. I think you guys have heard him before. I know you have. He is all the way from Israel. So, yes, it is time for Sharon to take it over. Here we go. Hello, Matt. This is Sharon from Israel. And I want for a minute to talk with you about WWE not putting things in the right order. What does it mean? I mean that when... Um, something happens they just put it in a weird order and they just uh, put it in the show in the meaning that you don't know what to do but I will give my examples first of all the Intercontinental Championship Sami Zayn lost the Intercontinental Championship one week after we earn it 
And then what happens that you, what you want to do? You want to do a match versus Johnny Knoxville. What do you care about Johnny Knoxville? You lose the Intercontinental Championship. So this is the thing about it. No, you just want to do a match against Johnny Knoxville. But that's not enough. Also, um, you see that after the match, it happened also like in the tag team match. So just sitting there. Don't believe what they do, what happened, and nothing to just shock. Okay, you lost. And so you are ill. Why don't you beat the crap out of your opponent? Especially if he did like uh, with the uh, pinfall and did it in uh, a way that it like almost steal your. Uh, uh, championship. So do something about it. No, he just sits sitting in a shock. Also happened in the tag team championship. Uh, Seth Rollins KO their special heels and did nothing. They just sat and did nothing. Were shocked. So it was weird. Second thing about the scandal. Yes, the scandal in Madison Square Garden. They said nothing about the matches they've been done. Nothing! And there were so much of an important matches. It was Seth Rollins versus Roman Reigns. It was Becky Lynch, Bianca Hiller, and we are Ripley. It was like message that were so important. There were WrestleMania matches. I mean, those are the message matches that maybe will be in WrestleMania. And they said nothing. Oh, they said something about the bleeding of Brook Lesnar. But that's it. But so it, if it was so important, if, Bro, if Paul Heyman said, hey, Brock Lesnar, you maybe won't be a champion uh, for WrestleMania after Madison Square Garden, so maybe just say something about it. It was enough that they didn't show it. They didn't stream it. They didn't put it in a, like, a paper, you think, nothing. They just put the match in a weird uh, zone that nobody can watch it except the MSG uh, people. And that's it. It was the weirdest thing. It was a scandal. And I think that, uh, I don't know, it's all part of the weird uh, Mr. McMahon uh, mind. The third thing that I wanted to say, it's about Raw. That they are saying, uh, no, it wasn't even Raw, but they are saying like the Romanes versus the uh, big Raw crossing would be biggest WrestleMania match. And then, and Raw, they saying Steve Austin is maybe, I mean he will, but maybe he will come back. And then you understand that a little show of KO show will be bigger than the WrestleMania main event. And then you understand that this stupid sentence, biggest WrestleMania match, it's weird. It doesn't matter. It, it's just not true. Because Stone Cold Steve Austin coming to the would be better. Edge vs. AJ Styles would be better. <laughs> but maybe even Miz and Logan Paul versus the Mysterious would be better. Because we saw Brock Lesnar in one way a thousand times. We know how it's going to finish. So how is going to be the biggest WrestleMania match? Oh, Evey. You know, a few weeks ago, when Brock Lesnar won, I thought that maybe I won't see WWE ever again. And then I see what they, what they are doing, and then I say to myself, maybe I will just keep seeing it for the laugh, for making fun. I mean, there are good things, but 
I don't know, sometimes they are like go way, way under what they, what they can do when they have no quality. That's it. Have a good day, mate. Uh, shout out to all of the WB Podcast family. That's it. Bye. Sharon, hope you're doing well over there. So you bring up some points here, and I'll go through them as briefly as I can, the three points that I have or the three notes I took while you were speaking. So the Intercontinental Championship, Sami Zayn wins one week, loses the next. And instead of trying to re-challenge for the championship, one that he has beloved so much and said that he's really the true champion and and that everyone else is just a, a title holder and that he's the true IC champion, he loses it and then doesn't try to rechallenge for the belt that he has been after for many, 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 many months. It's a little weird. It shows you that celebrities are above any championship, unfortunately. Again, luckily, this belt is not involved in the championship. It was instead or in the match between him and Knoxville. But what it did do was, unfortunately, use the Intercontinental Championship, one of the most prestigious championships in WWE and in all of professional wrestling. They used it as a prop to get to this matchup between Sami Zayn and Johnny Knoxville. Did you really have to use the Intercontinental Championship as a prop to get to that? Or couldn't you have just waited a few more weeks with Shinsuke as the most boring Intercontinental Champion of all time, no fault of his own, and had him drop it at the uh, pay-per-view at, at WrestleMania? Couldn't you have had that happen instead? Instead of just dropping it to Sammy to use it as a prop to get more heat to push Sammy over the edge to face Johnny Knoxville, you didn't need the belt to do that. You could have easily done it with something else. So, I don't know. To me, Sami Zayn and the Intercontinental Championship are just one and the same. I hope he gains it back after WrestleMania. It's sad that the IC belt is being used as a prop, and it's secondary to Knoxville. It's um, it's maddening. The scandal in Madison Square Garden. Yeah, they didn't talk about any other matches, did they? Because they didn't care to tell you about any other matches because they had nothing else planned that they wanted to share with you on Raw. There was only one thing. One thing only that they wanted to share that uh, event with you about, and that was Brock Lesnar. That's it. Period. That's it. It's all that mattered. And that's it. So, uh, yeah, it was a bit heavy-handed that they only talked about the Brock Lesnar moment of being brutalized by Roman Reigns. I understand why they did it, and it did help, I think, with the heat on Roman. It did make you wonder what Brock's going to do, maybe on SmackDown, come to SmackDown and just start tearing stuff up, go through security, and, and, and maybe get... A little bit of retribution on Reigns who retreats. I mean, I think Roman Reigns is going to be having to keep an eye on the back of his head this uh, on Friday night on SmackDown because Brock Lesnar is going to go into beast mode. I don't need Brock Lesnar, the butcher, the cowboy, the countryman, the farm boy. I need Brock Lesnar, the beast on Friday night. I don't need him coming out cracking jokes and being loose on the mic. This is not, not that time. That time is come and gone. Okay. At least for this instance. So, okay, biggest WrestleMania match. Yeah, look, I have complained about that. That whole slogan that they came up with for Brock versus Roman. I don't know how in what world they have told us that this match is the biggest WrestleMania match of all time. When you have, first of all, it's a clear lie. It, it's it's a lie. And for those that are saying you're taking this too literally, it's a marketing slogan. There are marketing slogans. And then there's infuriating, insulting lies There are just lies, insulting in the way that it's insulting to your intelligence that people aren't going to care that you're saying is the biggest WrestleMania match of all time. According to who? You know, according to who? Management? 
WWE doesn't get to decide what the biggest special mania match of all time is. It's something that happens after the fact. After the match has already occurred, you go, wow, that was a, you know, that was a big match and we all knew it was going to be a big match, but now it it is clearly one of the biggest matches that so and so or, you know, X wrestler X wrestler X wrestler Y had ever, right? It's something that happens afterwards. And it's not something that you just grant that title with ahead of time. And it's a it's it's something that's as, as extreme as it can get to call this match the biggest WrestleMania match of all time. Because as I said with Anthony DeMarco on our State of WWE podcast on Monday, that they're using this as the most extreme possible verbiage because they're saying on the biggest um, event that we have of the entire year, it's the biggest match of this event, but it's the biggest event, uh, main event match that they've had out of all the biggest main event matches that they've had on their biggest event that they've ever had. It's just so mind-numbingly stupid to say this on so many levels. On top of the fact that on this pay-per-view itself, they're going to have Stone Cold Steve Austin, their most popular and hottest star that they've ever had. He is the hottest thing pro wrestling has ever had ever. I think he was he's he was bigger than and drew more money than Hulk Hogan. He was hotter than Hulk Hogan. He was hotter than anybody in the NWO. Ric Flair, Undertaker, he has he has Undertaker beat in terms of how hot he was, not longevity, but how hot he was and how much money he brought in in a, you know, in that time frame in the 98 to 2002 time frame. He was or he has anybody beat Triple H. I mean, you go down the list. He even has the Rock beat. So to tell me that on this pay-per-view where Stone Cold could be returning for a potential match after nearly 20 years, your biggest star ever, that's not the biggest match, but a match that we've seen like five times before is the biggest match. Why? How? Somebody explain this to me. Beyond the beyond the lame, it's marketing. No, 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 no. This is something we should take literally. So anyway, moving on. Uh, yeah, Sharon, you're going to get me on a rant. You, you seem to know how to press my buttons, but in a good way. All right, let's continue on here. And this next voicemail, I don't know who it's from. So we're all going to learn together at the same time uh, for who this is. Let's go. Hey, it's Kyle from Baltimore. So I wouldn't just stick with uh, Sasha and Naomi as this tag team thing that they're doing. I, I, uh, it's super random. <laughs> like I, um, I've been on other shows as well that that them teaming is random and I think unnecessary, but it's either that or Sasha now at WrestleMania at, at all. And you know they're met you know, with Sasha and Sasha and Zelina next week. Hopefully that'll be a lot better and longer than than Naomi and Carmella. That was very short. I didn't like that. I think it was unnecessary. But um, you know Sasha could be doing a lot more. But what's the fact that they're doing Ronda and Charlotte? Charlotte at WrestleMania, which isn't all that the build to this match with them is all that great either, by the way. And it's been compared to Becky and Sasha, Becky and um and Bianca, this is not all that good. But um, yes, yeah, I guess my theme is that with Sasha as in this passing with Naomi, I hope it will be good, but I completely I fear that it won't because maybe go for a while the men. There's no tag teams in the women's division, so they need to win the titles, but then what? Type of type of uh, that's like the question I have is just just randomly not here, but just in general, then what? <laughs> so they win the titles, then what? I could see Sasha go after the women's championship, just like how she did the last time she was a tag team champion with Bailey, 
where she went after the Raw Women's Champion as a tag, cha- tag Team Champion. She may do the same thing. She may do the same thing here, but still, those tag team titles doesn't mean anything. But at least Sasha's on the card, so I'm not really a question. But I guess it is like, what can you do after that? I guess, but who knows? Um, but that's my two cents on that. But that's a decent call. Bye. Kyle. Kyle from Baltimore. What's going on, brother? So, yeah, look, I mean, we don't know what the hell the end game is for Sasha. We never do. And it does feel weird that Sasha Banks is playing second fiddle to Naomi as she came out with the glow sticks this week. It was very awkward. It did not fit. Okay, that's Sasha Banks. I know Naomi has had a hell of a month and maybe has had the best match of SmackDown of the entire year, maybe the last couple of years with Charlotte uh, about four weeks ago or so. Amazing matchup. God, that was so good. But to be honest, yeah, like what? Okay, so if they win and they win those SmackDown tag team titles, which I think they will, yeah, like exactly. What then? What? It's almost a curse to win those belts because you have to pretend that you either don't have them or defend them like once every two months. I mean, if I would stay the hell away from those women's tag tag team titles, it's not a it's not an honor to hold them. It's a burden. Look at who's won them, and then when they win them, they go into oblivion. Look what happened to the Iconics after they won them. Look what happened to Sasha and Bailey when they won them. Both of them like left the company for a while. I mean, it's 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 they're, they're cursed championships. They belong like maybe somebody should s- just soak them in holy water or something. There's something wrong with them. Some I don't know what it is. Maybe you have a priest come in and do an exorcist live on on WrestleMania. Maybe, maybe that I, I would take that over a match competing for those belts because something is evil with those belts. Something's wrong. So I, I, I don't know. There, there's, there is something cursed about those belts, which I don't want anyone to touch. They should just dissolve it or rather not make a big deal out of it. Just kind of quietly have them go away and pretend they didn't exist for a while until there's a legitimate established tag team division. And there's not. So I don't know what the hell Sasha is doing. And you're right. What, then what? What do they do? They have nobody to work with because all of the, the, the entire women's division The women's tag team division is in this matchup. There are three teams, and they constantly have to keep throwing people together and call them a quote-unquote team to make it feel like there's some kind of depth. I mean, how the hell did Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan get together anyway? I mean, so they're throwing people together at this point. They're just saying, "Uh, uh, who's not doing anything at WrestleMania? Who doesn't have a singles match? Raise your hand. And they're like, all right, you and uh, you together. You're, You're now a tag team, right? It's pathetic. So, yeah, boy, it's exactly right. The, the, the phrase is, and then what? So, all right, let's keep going, guys. Hello, everyone. This is Memphis Mark calling you from Mullet Manor. I hope everybody's having a great day, or where it should be saying a, a stupendous day, considering uh, they're trying to treat us like third year, uh, th- third graders and uh, give us word of the day. Stupendous is word of the day. All right, uh, let's get right into it. Uh, um, the uh, three-way match starting Roth, I thought was was actually really good, and uh, I think they're finally starting to catch on to a little bit of old-school writing a little bit. And the interview afterwards is is not as important as it may have seemed. I think is the setup for the heel turn coming when they lose in a couple of weeks. So uh, that's just my opinion. Uh, I do hate uh, the 24 title, and and then going back into uh, uh, what they're doing with Omos and uh, back in the day when you uh, were new to the territory or you were fresh talent, they put you in other 
TV tapings or in other areas and let you hone your talent and let you work with people your size and build up something. That's the reason you see a lot of these monster guys able to do flips and stuff that back in my day you would have never seen. You would have never seen Bruiser Brody doing some, well, maybe Bruiser, but uh, a lot of the big guys doing it. Uh, Bam Bam Bigelow was one of the first ones to come in with it. But uh, with Omos, they're just training them in front of our eyes and not really sure if I like that too much. Um, and also the, the graphics and the music, the new music out with and everything, and said the stupidest uh, work of the day. Not really feeling too great on that. Uh, but anyway, hope everybody's having a great day. And uh, one uh, real quick question. If you had to pick an old school wrestler to fight, to go against a somebody new, what kind of match would you would you like? Matt, what would you like to see? Somebody old school to go against somebody in the new genre. All right, guys, have a great one. Uh, remember to spay a neuter, and uh, I'm out. Mark, always with the different perspective and things that we don't talk about on this show a lot. Good stuff. Really good stuff, buddy. Good good to hear from you every week, and I hope you're all doing well and that uh, the, the, the significant other is doing well and uh, ready to roll into spring here and everyone's in good health. So, okay. Your word of the day analogy is hilarious because it's exactly right. I mean, if you heard Vince on Pat McAfee's show, he said that they chose the word because they don't. it's a word that a lot of people don't use. It's not used often. Well, again, are they trying to educate us? Like you said, third graders? Or, or I mean, are they going to have the count come in next week too and, and t- teach us about numbers? I mean, I, I, it's, it's ridiculous. And uh, the, the logic of saying, well, people don't use this word a lot, so we're going to use it. You ever stop to think, Vince, maybe it's not used for a reason because it sounds stupid? And is it any coincidence? Is it is it just complete coincidence that the word stupid is is built into the word stupendous? It's very close. It's very close. Uh, it's ridiculous. WWE knows they got flack for that. I mean, that's why I had Pat McAfee go through a whole list of synonyms for uh, for uh stupendous of which i would have chosen any of them except stupendous i mean it's, it's such such a it's a terrible word it's terrible now everyone has to use it because it's the marketing slogan this year but omas your point about omas first before i get to the old school wrestler thing he th- yeah like right now we are we are watching omas being trained live on air as if he's a polished performer not that he's being treated one like he's in main events and holding championships, but the belief is that when you come to the main roster, you should already be a polished performer to the point where you don't need, you're not rough around the edges, right? Like you, you have made it this far, which means you have, you got the basics down. You've got the fundamentals. You can cut an okay promo to good promo. You are comfortable in front of the camera. You know where to look on the camera, the hard side. You know how to sell in a match, of which he has yet to learn that because that's his whole gimmick is he doesn't sell anything, which is getting really old really quick. And you're building him up to a point where who's he going to face? I mean, yeah, I don't I don't know, but this it is an experiment right now. And I think that they know that they're training him live in front of our eyes, but they don't care. And Vince doesn't care more specifically because of his presence and how he looks. And he draws eyeballs onto your, onto the TV screens and your cell phone screens. We don't really, most of us don't. Well, I, I I don't actually watch raw on my TV screen. I watch it on my phone or my tablet, but 
that's the point is that Vince will forego those massive shortcomings of being even a fundamentally sound wrestler because he sees value in just his image and his facials and his presence. That's the reason he's there. As far as the old school wrestler versus new school wrestler, not necessarily who I'd want. That's much more of a thought-provoking, critical thinking uh, question of which I don't have the mental capacity at this hour to to do. So I'll just answer only your question and not anymore because I'm lazy. Is the match type of an old school wrestler versus a new school wrestler? Now, I could cop out and give you a couple. How about this? I'll give you one and then I'll give you a runner-up. So the one I'd like to see in a old school versus new school match. How about a Texas bull rope? Texas bull rope match can be brutal. It is old school. It's physical. And it, it's like, it, it's very masculine in the way that you are. It's mono mono. You are tied to your opponent. You are tied to him. You can't go anywhere. You can't escape. And knowing that you are tied to another human being for the duration of the match is it's, it's a, it's an intense thought. That's what I would do. Uh, now runner up is Iron Man match. And I don't mean the watered down neutered Iron Man matches that we have seen in the last 10 years of which they're like 20 minute iron, 30 minute Iron Man matches. I'm talking a true 60 minute Iron Man match. And maybe it goes Broadway. And those that are at least no old school terminology, Broadway means it goes to a draw. How come there are no draws in wrestling anymore, by the way? Now that I'm thinking about old school finishes, why don't why don't draws happen? Broadways happen. Why don't they happen? I wonder. WWE is all about their false finishes and screwy finishes and got to protect this guy. So we're going to do 50-50 booking. What about draws? Why is a draw not a finish? The reason it's not is because they don't implement the time limits anymore. If they just said there's a time limit on this match and it exceeds the time limit, it's a draw. Or if both competitors are knocked out, you deem it a draw. Maybe both of them hit each other with, well, I don't know, both hit knockout shots at the same time. They both go out. It's a, it's a non-finish. It's a, it's, a, uh, it's a draw. So I think a draw is a finish that you are... And that wasn't your question, but see how quickly I get off on tangents with this stuff. But stuff that I haven't seen in a while is really where I'm going and stuff that I miss and things that WWE could use to their advantage for finishes beyond these screwy roll-ups, the extremely overused roll-ups or the the 50-50 booking, which we all know is just not good for anybody. But Texas Bull Rope with a, a close second of an, a true 60-minute Ironman match. Yeah, you know, I, I, that that to me is what I would choose. So thank you, Mark. Always thought-provoking. And uh, thank you. Okay, let's continue. And guys, see, when you guys are brief and I don't get a whole lot of uh, calls, then it's a brief show, at least in the perspective of usually two and a half hours. So I appreciate that. So uh, let's get to Grace to close out the show. Hey, it's Grace. I know I sent an email in already. I just want to do a quick little question on here. Not really a question, but more of like a statement but i heard your perspective on the whole becky ab situation but i think there's a different perspective to it so 
I think Becky and Bianca are building their shoreline pretty well as of right now. And they're really using social media to fuel it really hard. And they're doing a really good job at it because on social media, it really seems like they hate each other. And I think what they're really trying to accomplish is, you know, being the only two women to have won the main event of WrestleMania. I think they're trying to fight for that main event spot on the first night because WWE put the Charlotte and Ronda fight with them as well. So I think, I think they're trying to fight for the, you know, main event spot, which they're working their butts off to, to do as it seems of right now. But I think the whole ab thing, it's more of, I don't think she's trying to show them off more of that, you know, how WWE is with their crazy camera angles to emphasize whatever, you know, they're trying to emphasize, but you know, I mean, I don't think it's more of just to show them off, but to, you know, add fuel to the storyline of, uh, this hurt, this is what it looks like, you know, this is what this person did to this person. And yeah, the camera angles were a little dramatic, but I, I think, you know, I think this should be the main event, to be honest. I mean, Ronda and Charlotte have done absolutely nothing to build their story. I mean, they didn't, they added a spot, uh, to, Rhonda's repertoire with the ankle lock, but they're not really doing anything interesting with their feud right now on SmackDown. And I think Bianca and Becky are, you know, taking the lead on that. But let me know what you think. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry I sent in an email and a voicemail. Probably won't happen again. Thanks. Well, Grace, listen, um, first of all, you didn't break any rules because I said everyone could have one or the other, or, or rather one of each. So if everybody wants to send in a voicemail and an email, it's cool. I mean, that, that, so you didn't break any rules. However, you did break the rule of uh, saying that you were go- you had a statement. So we only we only do messages around here, Grace. We don't do statements. Okay, only messages. We don't know how to make statements around here. Only Byron Saxon knows how to do that. So he's only he's got the the secret key to the garden there. I don't. So I only had to know how to make and receive messages. Uh, so that said, uh, okay. So let me go through the thing, the, uh, the question you had, or rather the statement, as I said, so, or as you said that about uh, Becky and Bianca using social media to fuel their program. Yeah, they are. But the thing is most fans, I think most meaning, uh, maybe 50 or 60% of fans probably don't follow that. And unless they bring that to the forefront, I don't think a lot of fans follow that particularly, or at least if they do, they don't look at it in a way that's like, wow, I can't wait to see these two fight. Now, I could be the old man in the room, right? Maybe it's because I don't particularly follow that, that I'm feeling out of the loop and disconnected from that social media part of it. It's probably that. I mean, 37 years old, I didn't grow up with social media, and the kids today, isn't this incredible? Think about this. Way off topic. But the kids today won't know a world where social media didn't exist. They are going to be inbred with social media. It's kind of scary in a lot of ways. But uh, so perhaps I'm the old man in the room, but they are fighting for the main event spot, truly fighting for the main event spot. I believe that, too. And I think their program is more interesting than Charlotte Ronda, too, because Charlotte Ronda is it's OK. It's, eh, it's OK. I'm not really looking forward to that as much as Bianca and Becky. It's for, in terms of match quality. 
because Ronda is a much different type of athlete, a much different type of performer than uh, a, a pure wrestling, pro wrestling perspective of Bianca and Becky, which are going to, I think, tear the house down. They're going to have the match that they should have had at SummerSlam that we all thought they were going to have, which is like kill it for 15, 20 minutes, get to a crazy finish, and maybe Bianca ends up being champion. We'll have to see about that. I still don't know if that's going to happen. But yeah, I mean, again, the, this social media thing, the, the platform exists for things exactly like this, where if say you're injured, like this week, Becky Lynch was injured and I'm looking at her uh, Instagram and she was spitting up blood. Um, she was, she was in the hospital, which is obviously why she wasn't on raw, but they have a platform to continue their program, which is cool, right? Yeah, I agree. And I'm assuming everyone's saying, yes, there's no other answer. There is a right answer here. And Becky Lynch and Bianca do have that platform and they're taking advantage of it. So Cool, right? Yes. So, um, yeah, the ab thing. Let me close on Becky Lynch's abs. I can't believe I'm saying that. Maybe the only time I'll ever say that is closing closing on Becky Lynch's abs. Now, perhaps you're right, Grace. Perhaps they are, or she wasn't trying to just show off her abs. It just looked like she was. Or maybe the way that she was just incessantly making sure that the camera saw her injury instead of doing what a normal person would have done in a real situation of being whipped and drawing blood through a whip uh, like material, like uh, we had Becky or rather Bianca's hair and did draw tr- true blood on her. She would have cr- you know, cringed over in pain and ran to the back. She wouldn't have stuck her stomach out in front of the camera and lifted up her shirt so that the camera could see it for like many, many, many minutes. It was too long. And then on social media, she continues to show off the scars, but it's also, I don't know, maybe I'm taking it in a way I shouldn't. That's just kind of the way I took it, but maybe I should interpret it as instead of her trying to show off her abs, she should probably, we should probably look at this as, you know, stop trying to be so transparent of making sure the camera sees it to make sure it gets itself into the video package for the program. I don't know. I'm just being a jerk at this point. Anyway, Grace. Thank you for your email or your voicemail and email. And thank you to all the callers tonight and all of the everyone taking their time to email us and call it. It really is appreciated. And it was a much abbreviated of a show. And I don't know if that is just due to people listening to me or people saying, well, screw this guy. He's not going to he's not going to he's not going to put me on if I have multiple voicemails. Screw him. Right. Well, that could be it, too. We'll see. <laughs> I'm, I'm cool with that. whatever. You know, I'm a narcissist. So uh, self-diagnosed one. So I'm fine. Anyway, um, Thank you, everybody, for listening. Continue to, to support the show if you really do love us. I really would appreciate a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And go ad-free on Apple Podcasts. There's an ad-free button on our website. You can go VIP for 50% off. Use WrestleMania code uh, WrestleMania. That, that's the point I was going to say. The code is WrestleMania at checkout. $1.50 for the month and get video updates that are only there on our website at wwepodcast.com and uh, also on Patreon. Head on over to Patreon for a dollar a month. You get hundreds of ad-free episodes. So, all right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. As always, take care, and I'll talk to you next time. Do you guys love mobile racing games and NFT collections? Then check out Meta Racer X. It's a mobile racing game, NFT collection, and VR gaming experience all rolled into one. With the earn element utilizing Prodigy tokens, players are not only able to put their tokens online in gameplay, but have the ability to grow their Prodigy token holdings by investing or earning in-game incentives. 
MetaRacer X offers high-end graphic gaming experiences with creative gameplay and a competitive racing system. So check them out. It's MetaRacerX.com. You can also follow them on Instagram at Meta underscore Racer underscore X or on Twitter at Meta underscore Racer X. Meta Racer X is a collection of 10,000 unique 3D art pieces that are about to drop on the Ethereum blockchain. They also have a Discord server. Just search for Meta Racers X. You can also just directly link to that Discord server and all of the social media that I just told you. If you look at their Twitter, uh, they have a link tree where all of these are available for you. But if you want more information, you can, of course, check them out on social media. But I would recommend you go right to their website at MetaRacerX.com. They're building a community of gamers, NFT collectors, and fans of racing. They're rolling out a motorsport NFT collection created by by a major design studio, and they use NFTs to race the community and earn prizes. And the most exciting element of the project, their introduction of MRX to the VR world. Guys, check out MetaRacerX.com today. Thanks for listening to the WWE Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a show or head to wwepodcast.com and for all of these shows ad free head over to patreon.com slash wwe podcast until then we'll see you next time